All right. So this is the first episode of the Double A podcast. I'm Holden Williamson here with uh, Danny Stefan. What's up? Uh, so uh, just just to introduce myself, uh, I'm Holden Williamson. Uh, I'm from Middletown, New Jersey. Uh, I go to CBA. Um, I've played soccer basically my entire life. Uh, my my family on one side is really big on uh in in soccer and uh yeah so i i'm a very big fan of the same team they support on that side of the family which is ajax uh and yeah i mean i play for uh Haslett united uh i've played as a as a defensive midfielder for probably five, six years now there. And uh, yeah. So how about you, Danny? Hi, um, I'm Danny Stefan. I've been playing soccer as long as I can remember. Very similar to Holden over here. Um, I'm actually the second gen of soccer players in my family. My dad played soccer at Marlboro High School. And um, I am currently playing from Middletown, the club team. I plan on playing for the Colts team because I uh, I am a fellow CBA student. Um, my past playing experience has been at Cedar Stars, a bunch of other academies, only a couple of years between them. And uh, I'm a huge lifelong Red Bulls fan. Yeah, same here. Um, so uh, what position do you play? So I've actually played all around the field. Um, I played goalie when I played with uh, my hometown Peninsula Bald Eagles. And uh, I I first started as a defender. And let me tell you, a defender is not an easy position because when you have a forward running at you at like God knows how, how quick, you have to be able to be able to like see that and like match that. And right now I'm currently a midfielder. Um, but I've, I've, I've also played striker. So I've, I've played basically every position. How about you Holden? Yeah, I play, uh, as either a defensive mid, uh, so very much like a deep line playmaker role or as a center back. And so, um, cool. yeah, I, when I was a lot younger, I used to play as a 10, uh, and that was because I'm good at passing, but, but the issue is. I can't run. Uh, so, <laughs> so it was always a bit of a liability in attack. And uh, they had me further back in the field instead because they realized I have a generally good leg. And so, yeah. what would you say is your biggest strength in soccer? Oh, um, I think uh, when I actually play, my vision on the field is pretty good. Um and I don't mean to be too boastful, but I, I, I do think my strength on the field is also very good. Um, my team likes to be a bit chippy sometimes. So when ever, whenever there's a fight, I'm always normally leading it. Um, but yeah, I think my vision on the field is pretty good. I make some, uh, some very advanced passes in my plays, and I, I basically control the entire center of the field. How about you, Holden? Yeah, yeah, I'd say um, 
I'm I'm a generally tall guy. I'd say I'm about six two ish, right? And so, uh, give give or take. Uh, and so, and so I I tend to use my size to my advantage a lot in winning the ball back. And uh, and you know I when I was a lot younger, I used to practice with some of my friends uh, whenever I traveled to the Netherlands uh, over there. And over there, they're obsessed with passing and possession. And so that that really helped me in my game. Um, with with my passing and and I feel like uh, I'm good at like passing under uh, under pressure and stuff like that. Great. All right. So uh, looking at today's games, um, start off with Italy. Oh, big Ooh. big game there. Uh, yeah. One nil loss to North Macedonia and North Never Macedonia. I mean, North Macedonia were without their best player or someone who's been their best player for the last, uh, I don't know, since 1999, I think. Damn. Yeah, no, North Macedonia has its highest rank been at number 46 in 2008. And I've literally, when I, I've watched countless hours of soccer, and I don't think I've heard the name North Macedonia mentioned once. And for the fact that a team this little to be a team so big as Italy, who is easily a World Cup finalist contender every single year, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with North Macedonia, the the player that recently retired, I should clarify, it was only the national team that he retired for because he's thirty eight at the moment. Uh, he he played for the national team. Technically, the, the the first team from 2001 to 2021. Uh, his name was Goran Pandev, and he was wow. he had he had played for the he had he had won a Champions League, and I think he's the only North Macedonian to have ever won the Champions League. Wow. Which I mean, yeah, and uh, obviously he had a bit of a. Uh, sketchy haircut a few years back. I'll, I'll send you the. I think you saw the photo. Uh, I, I believe I have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Easily recognizable. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were without him, uh, but they do have a good new generation coming up uh, with uh, Alioski. Well, Alioski is actually now thirty. Oh mm. my gosh, I thought he was much younger. Uh, but he's really hitting his prime now. Uh, well, was hitting his prime uh, recently at Leeds, and now he's at uh, Al Ahly in uh, in Saudi Arabia. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, there, I can't really say that any of these players are really like impressive. Looking through their lineup, like they have some decent players. But all of them are like somewhere from twenty eight to thirty, so it's kind of like they're all on the older side, which yeah. is why it's so surprising that now of all times they're doing well and not when they're well actually no well yeah the now of all times they're doing so well because normally uh teams are a bit hungrier and feistier when they're younger, oh yes, of course, yeah. 
and and now um, a lot of them are reaching the back ends of the primes and 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 now they're doing really really well so like they beat germany earlier this year as well oh did they really yeah wow i i was unknown of that yeah germany's my uh my world cup team i root for really i i should yeah um so i'm actually my grandpa was born and raised in Berlin in 1945. He left World War II at um, the age of 13 on a on a plane. Um, so ever since then, uh, I've I've always been a longtime Germany fan. I've actually I've uh, Germany soccer jerseys galore, and um, yeah, it's crazy that this this small team like North Macedonia is stepping up to play these big bully teams and like it, it really is shocking i mean this is about saying it's never before seed i mean there's cases like this every year but for a team this small beating a team this big it's almost unusual yeah it's uh it's very impressive i've got to say and uh well- Another another team that was being hailed as a dark horse uh, earlier this year. Well, not this year, but last year. Uh, that is now not doing as well. Turkey. They oh. lost to Portugal earlier today, 3-1. Yeah. Well, Port- Portugal has always been a, like, a really versatile team. I bet mean, they have a few key players. They've always have. I bet. Mean, all everyone and their mom knows Ronaldo, of course, but there's some hidden hidden talent gems in the Portugal starting eleven that just like really boost the team up. So I mean, it's not unusual that Portugal wins games like these, but they um they they've always had such a strong team and such like such hidden talent amongst the eleven. Yeah, and and I mean, throughout most of the game, it was pretty close. Um, uh, but in the 85th minute, Turkey even had a penalty and a chance to equalize. But uh, wow. Burak Yilmaz, uh just skied it, which uh, you know maybe maybe not the best look for him. But I mean, like he's 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 a good player. I mean, yep. Uh, he he had a few good years at uh, Lille, and uh, and I mean now the guy is thirty six, so I mean like when you start to get to that point in your career, it's sort of like stuff happens, you know. Yeah. Not as good as you once were, but I mean it's not really your fault, you know. Yep, I mean Portugal also had that game. Uh, Pepe was out due to Rona, like, and then the central defender, I forget his name, but he was also out due, due to injury. So, I uh, mean, Portugal has a really strong backline. And when you take out a key player like Pepe, it, it kind of just falls to shambles. I mean, I feel like they would have prevent they, they, they could have went for a shot if they, they had probably Pepe and that other key defender. Yeah, and uh, uh, another uh, another interesting situation with one of the other um, qualifiers, Scotland versus Ukraine. 
Uh, wow. That was not played, but um, we're going to have to wait to see that one. Uh, and ultimately, we probably won't see that one uh, for a very Sadly. long time. Yeah. Um, I, li- I like to start off this segment with like uh, a quick... A quick note to Ukraine. I mean, what the country of Ukraine is going through is beyond terrible. Like, the people of Ukraine are being slaughtered. And the fact that it has to go as far as the World Cup team for Ukraine not playing in it. Which normally, during World War II, countries would still play with, uh, play their World Cup teams. Because World Cup teams... If they were to win, it would give the country so much hope. And the fact that Ukraine can't even play the World Cup team is beyond astonishing. Um, I, I really, I really, I really hope this crisis ends fast. Uh, and um, it, it's it's really, really a sad sight to see. It's like talent. Ukraine has always had a talented roster. And... Uh, it's sad that they can't even put it on the field anymore. Absolutely. And uh, in terms of, uh, like, actual, like, responses, I think UEFA have done an all right job in terms of responding to the whole situation. Like, they didn't really oppose the sanctions that were put on Chelsea, for example. Uh, they, I mean, they even though... Uh, FIFA and UEFA do historically at least have a very strong tie towards Russia and uh, Gazprom in particular. Uh, Almost everything uh, UEFA have done has been sponsored by Gazprom. You have all these um, uh, uh, YouTubers getting invited to games uh, all sponsored by Gazprom. I mean, yeah. listen, it's a, it's a government-owned or, uh, organization. It's not exactly like some private uh, private company looking to boost itself. It's just look, looking to boost Russian power. So I think UEFA definitely could have uh, done something about this beforehand by not being as reliant on, you know, Gazprom and people like that. But I think hindsight is twenty twenty, and... Uh, in, in terms of their current response, I think I think they've done all right. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. What do you think like, about the whole sanctions on the uh, Chelsea situation? To be honest, I am uh, I'm unknowing of them right now. Um, I like I, I haven't heard much about them, but. I've heard numbers anywhere from like 30 million to like, like 30 million euros that is, uh, but I, I don't, I, I haven't heard much about it. Yeah. Just, just for, uh, for context, uh, apparently now in terms of their trip budgets, they're limited to, uh, 20,000, uh, British pounds per trip by the, uh, British government. And listen, that may sound uh, like it's a lot, but when you're transporting, what, 100, 200, 300 people to a game within an organization, you're going to have to take, like, commercial coach, which 
I mean, listen, private jets were probably a bit too far anyway, but yeah. But I mean, yeah. Now, now they're now even you're hearing stories about players having to pay for pay for the bus's gas. Which, wow, that's yeah. yeah. Um, situations like these really, really come down to the character of the team. I mean, like I said before, I've been, I've, I've had the suds. I'm gonna be real. So I've been sleeping a lot. I've been that focused on soccer news, but um, like. Just like going off of like what you just said, it seems it seems like a really, really uh powerful, powerful move there um, with these sections. Absolutely. Um but Wanna yeah. say the Mexico game? Yeah, US versus Mexico yeah. is coming up tonight at ten PM at the Estadio Azteca, which is I mean, if you're a US fan, that's scary to hear because First off, first off, atmospheres in Mexican stadiums, incredible. Some of the best in in the world. Wow. Uh, but um, and 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 also when you're when you're a player, you're how far up in the air? You're miles in the air because uh, the Azteca is built like on on top of a mountain, basically. Yeah, that, so, that's terrible so you basically i've heard these stories of players having to like literally use oxygen masks at halftime so it's a it's a scary place to play but that's yeah, what makes it such a that's what makes it such a famous place you know it makes it so storied and but yeah um so let's let's hear some predictions yeah so um i know mexico it, it, they have um they have some key players that are not going to be able to attend this game, but because of the fact that it is their home stadium on top of this, they've had, they've had time to prepare. I mean, the way, like the way the lungs work is that you need to be like exposed to that type of climate for like a while to actually be able to use that. And since it's a whole, it's like the whole Mexico turf, like they're already used to it. So because of that, I think it's going to be a close game. But um, I personally think that United States will uh, take a loss here, um, which would lead to Sunday's game, which I mean, I, I kind of want U.S. to, to lose because um, I'm going to a viewing party Sunday. And if the U.S. loses today, they have to win Sunday. And that is a crazy thought to think about in order to qualify for the World Cup. Because it's always fun to watch the U.S. the World Cup. They get their, their butts kicked every year by, like, <laughs> some, um, some other country. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I don't know how uh, the Pulsic has been doing. Um, but I, I feel like... Uh, U.S. teams have been on and off, really. Uh, I'm pretty sure they they had. Correct me if I'm wrong. A three, no, a two, two one loss to Canada. Correct. Two zero. Yep. Two zero. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think setbacks like those are really gonna play uh, play a part in this this game tonight. Um, wishing the best of both teams, of course. But I I personally think Mexico is gonna take it home. 
Yeah. I have to say, I think that optimistically, of course, I'm going to say uh, it's going to be uh, 2-2 and that um, the U.S. on Sunday against uh, Panama will um, they'll, they'll win against Panama and qualify for the World Cup. Um, and, and in fairness, they have three, ga- or three games left, including this. So it's Mexico and Costa Rica. Or uh, or Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica. That's what it is. Yep. And I mean, those are some tough games. Although, and and, and all of those teams are right below the U.S. That's uh, third, fourth, and fifth, all in order. Uh, and and we have to remember, fourth is a playoff spot, uh, and they play against the team from. I think they were drawn against Oceania. So it's most likely going to be New Zealand, I think, or someone like that. Um, I actually have to check who's. uh... So, I mean, like, it's not a write-in, but like, as long as you get fourth, you're probably going to get into the World Cup. Probably. I bet. Um, I I think it all comes down to like, how hard these Americans try. And then you can really win anything with like any sort of willpower. And the American team has, is an on and off team. In my opinion, like they could win games if they, like if they have their full roster open and they, they want to win. Um, I'm not saying they don't want to win, but if like they are an on and off team, and that's what makes them so fun to watch because you'll never know what the result will be. Yeah. And so I've just looked. Um, it's going to be, yeah, against OFC champion. And so OFC, yeah. the four teams left in it are Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, and Tahiti. And most likely out of that group, New Zealand, you know, they have yeah. Chris Wood, all those guys. It's not really going to be much of a problem for them unless yeah. they seriously, seriously bottle. Well, if New Zealand was only as strong as they are in rugby, I think U.S. might be a bit more scared. But um, yeah, uh, I, I think if by personal prediction, all right, U.S. loses two to one against Mexico, they win one nothing against Panama. And then when they, whoever plays New Zealand probably will win three nothing. That's my prediction. Calling it there. Uh, I'm gonna have to say against Mexico two two, against right. uh, Panama two uh, one, and against Costa Rica one nil. And so uh, I. Th- I don't know who would be fourth in that situation, but I do think the fourth place from CONCACAF will probably beat New Zealand because I think Costa Rica, for all of the qualifiers, they've been playing without Keylor Navas, who is really, really key for them. And that's because he had an agreement with them that he would only play uh, in the World Cup. Uh Huh. And and I think in the Gold Cup as well, but I, I don't remember the exact terms of it. Um, if it's Panama, 
I mean, they have um, they have quite a few good players too. Although uh, they they do get thrashed uh, when playing against teams like England or someone like that, uh, and obviously without a Concacaf referee because uh, Concacaf referees are uh, notoriously uh pretty bad uh (laughs) and then obviously if mexico gets fourth well they're probably going to beat new zealand uh yeah unless new zealand uh continue what they did in the first half of that confederations cup game like a few years back where it was like one nil for them going into the second half and then they lost two one um, yeah, um, I'm going to use an example from when I play soccer. So I'm actually the team captain of my Middletown soccer team. So when I, I, I missed one game last season, it was because I had um, a cold like I do now. And uh, it, we won the game. And I, I, my team finished terribly last year. We were in a really tough division against God knows all these crazy teams. And we won the game. And I think when a key player is not in the roster, like the starting 11, it allows those other players to, like, to be able to step up and play. And that would be, that's what makes the game of soccer so beautiful. Like, I feel like in football, that just doesn't happen because it's so one-man or in basketball or what not that's what makes soccer so beautiful and so world renowned is the fact that anyone can play their heart out and anyone can like take the win absolutely um and just on a different note there was a uh viral video that just uh just went out about the um about the turkey versus uh portugal match and it was um a turkey fan sitting by the uh by the side of his computer with um with a pistol and when Burak Yilmaz oh. missed missed the shot he shot his computer with his pistol and it blew ah. up um funny. so i i think i'll uh, attach that to this if i post it on the instagram <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah uh so that's it for the first episode of uh, the double a podcast yeah thank uh, you for having me Thank you for coming. Uh, also on such short notice, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, everyone have a nice day, uh, yep. and see you guys on the next episode.